Welcome to Bear Necessities, the official Coventry Bears podcast. We can be found at coventrybears.com or wherever you get your podcasts. And it is a pleasure to have you back with us once again. My name is Dave Musson. I'm one of your co-hosts. And joining me as ever is my co-pilot and former Bears fullback, Craig Cathcart. Craig, how are you doing? I'm good overall. Uh, obviously disappointed with the results at the weekend, but I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm looking forward to getting out in the sunshine next weekend for a big game against Workington. Yeah, of course. And we're, we're entering that, that weird phase on the season where everybody probably assumed it was a misprint on the fixture list, but no, this weekend is the first of four consecutive home games for the Bears. So we will touch on that a bit later. Um, and as you'll hear in one of our post-match interviews, your support is very much needed. It really does make a difference. So if you are able to come down this weekend and even better, the following three, do make sure you pick up your tickets and come and back the Bears. So in this show, we are going to um, spend a little bit of time talking about Sunday's disappointing 36-12 defeat away to the North Wales Crusaders. And we will hear from head coach Rich Squires and player coach Dave Scott. Um, but we're going to spend a little bit more time getting really excited and talking about the amazing community work the Bears have been doing already this year. And to do that, we're, we're delighted to be joined by the Bears CEO, Debbie Watson, later in the show to hear all about the amazing community stuff. Um, and then Craig and I will offer our thoughts on it before we wrap up for another show. So um, that's the plan. We'll start with Sunday, though. Um, and as I mentioned, it, it was a disappointing day. It was a tough day at the office for those of you who watched on the stream. Um, yeah, it just didn't go the Bears way. They looked pretty out of sorts throughout the game and the North Wales Crusaders just dominated the Bears across the pitch, really. Um, halftime score was 16-0. So the, the, the Crusaders scored after about five minutes, scored another midway through the half and then scored a third right just before half time. The second of those tries was probably the most disappointing though. It was um, their winger picked the ball up around the halfway line and got through far too many tackles for, for any Bears fan to be comfortable with really before scoring. Um, and Crusaders picked up where they left off after the break. They scored again to make it 22-0. At that point, Bears did rally briefly and Dave Scott managed to wriggle over for a try somehow, despite having seen two or three defenders clinging onto him or all parts of his body. He managed to get across and, and touch down. Dan Coates converted, so that made it 22-6. But then Crusaders scored again um, to extend their lead. The Bears did bag one uh, one more try in the final quarter. Sam Bowering um, touching down uh, for another converted score. But Crusaders did get another one right on the hooter to make it that final score of 36-12. Like I say, a tough day at the office, a disappointing day at the office. Craig and I will offer some thoughts on it in a moment, but um, we're going to hear from both player coach Dave Scott in a moment. But first, head coach Rich Squires. So Rich, a, a tough one on Sunday against a, a very physical side. It, it just didn't seem to click, just didn't seem to click at all for the Bears um, on Sunday. How did you see it? Yeah, exactly that. We just couldn't seem to get out of any kind of gear. You know, we, I don't know if it was down to the travel or the weather, but we just couldn't seem to back anything up with any kind of energy from, from, from the Rochdale game, which is the most disappointing thing. You know, I think it's, it's coming a bit of a common occurrence now where we can try, we get ourselves up for the big games and then for the teams that, you know, that are around us and we kind of should be beating, we, we just can't, we just can't motivate ourselves. I don't know if it's an attitude thing or, you know, or, something else but we, it's something we're going to have to look to address and we'll address it this week going into you know, a tough game next week against Workington What kind of positives can you take from Sunday if any? Yeah 
I think when we did get into our attacking structure, we did look very dangerous, you know, we ended up scoring some points and, I mean, losing Matty Wellham, you know, wasn't the best because we had to make some some changes, you know, Sam Bowen had to, to go out into the left centre, which isn't his natural position, um, you know, which meant we left that, we lost that little bit of fluidity on the right edge as well because he's obviously been there with Liam Wellham and Dave Scott as their back row, so, you know, we lost a little bit of that, but when we did get into our groove, you know, we did, you know, we did it really easily, Um you know, and we've, we just had a discussion with the boys this week so far where we did the basic stuff. It really worked for us. You know, we'd march from 89 metres just by doing the most basic things. So, so why we go away from that, I don't know. But yeah, when we did when we did do it, you know, we did it really well, but we just didn't do it enough. And we lost a physical battle again like we did against Scholars. So, when it, you know, it's, there's not many positives to take from it. But, you know, the best thing is it's a short turnaround to kind of to correct those mistakes. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, they keep they keep coming thick and fast this season. Um, on that note, are you are you okay injuries wise? Did anybody suffer during during the weekend's game? Yeah, we lost a couple. To be fair, um, Kieran Sherritt's got um, what looks like a fracture on his on his wrist. Um, so we potentially were waiting for the scan to come back from that, so he could go. Um, Jed Charlton again with his wrist. Um, you know, he could be another one. Um, and obviously, Matt Wellham's still got his burns from the week before, and there's a couple of others. Nathan Hill picked up a little bit of concussion, we think. So, we, we you know, we did lose a few, and it's, you know, it probably wasn't the best game, you know, performance-wise and injury-wise for so far this season. But um, we'll we'll assess them on training this week, and the physio team will do the best to get them on the field. But you know, we've got there'll be some changes anyway. But whether they're forced or not, we don't know yet. Yeah. So up next, you've got the first of four back-to-back home games. And I mean, they're all tough matches, but having four home games in a row feels like a potential to to really, really kickstart the season. Well, not kickstart, I think that's probably unfair, but, you know, re- really sort of define what this season could look like. How important are these four home games for, for you and your team? Yeah, these are make or break. Um, you know, if we... If we're where we want to be at the end of the season, we've discussed, you know, these are the four we kind of, we need to be taking points off at home. You know, Workington, Keefley, Doncaster, Hunslet, they're all going to be up there at the end of the season. You know, so there's four teams that are potentially going to be above us. So if we want to do anything, we need to be taking points off these, especially at home. Um, I mean, the pleasing thing is we seem to be able to get motivated at home, <laughs> you know, so, and we seem to be able to get into our groove. So we need to use that you know the pitch that butts really suits us so we'll be looking to push stuff and, and hopefully kind of get into the crowd back so it's you know that's a major positive for us and I think that really got us through the Rochdale as well and I think when we started the and the weekend you know the North Wales pitch is quite far away there's obviously nothing there so it's quite silent it's when you're down when you're down 12 16 nil at the butts you get a bit of a rollicking from the fans and it gives you a bit of a kick, you know, whereas when you've got nobody kind of there to motivate you, you know, you, you struggle. If you can't do it yourself, the fans only get behind you to do it. But obviously that wasn't there at the weekend. So th- there'll be a major advantage going in. Um, but we've just been looking for some consistency. We've been so inconsistent, which is a thing that's, I think, annoying me and Dave the most, you know, and Alan, we just can't seem to string a couple of good performances together. You know, we did it the first two against Borough West Wales and then let ourselves down against Scholars, you know, rectified our mistakes and put a really good performance in against Rochdale and then let us down again. Um, so if we're going in that, you know, in that little flurry of fixtures, you know, we should be good this week. <laughs> but um, 
No, we'll be, you know, we'll be addressing them in the boys. You know, we had a few home truths and kind of sat down and said, look, if we want to be where we want to be this season, competing and, and taking points off these teams. Great stuff. Well, best of luck for the weekend and for that run of home matches. Thanks as always for your time, Rich, and I will I'll see you at the bus on Sunday. Cheers, yeah. Thank you. See you there. So Dave, a tough day at the office on Sunday. How did you how did you see that one against the Crusaders? Yeah, very tough day at the office. Um again, it's frustrating because we put ourselves in a position in the league table um to start putting a little bit of distance between us and teams around us. Uh, and unfortunately, uh, we just weren't at the races for whatever reason. Um, I'm struggling to put my finger on it. I've watched the game back twice now and it's just frustrating to watch. And it seems to be that every time we start to get a little bit of a roll on or we start to gather a little bit of momentum, we, we cough up the ball with a cheap error or any time that we kind of have Crusaders pinned in their own half, uh, we just give away a cheap penalty and just gift them field positions. So... I think the most frustrating part of it was that I don't feel as though we did anything to challenge them to win the game. We almost gifted them the game, taking absolutely nothing away from Crusaders. They're by far the better team in the day. But I just think that we, as a team, had to put up a better challenge than what we did. Given that you've forced yourself to watch it through twice, I mean, what what do you, what do what learnings do you take from a match like that? I mean, have you been able to find positives or, or is it actually focusing on, okay, here are some problems and here's how we deal with it? Oh, no, there's there's definite positives. I mean, some of the, the ends to sets were very good um, and we finished in the right areas and we were able to force some repeat sets and we were able to build a little bit of pressure. Um, some of the contact, although the large majority of it was quite poor, there was some really good stuff in there and there's some really good stuff um, in terms of the, the defensive structure as well. Um, Attacking-wise, we could probably do with um, looking at, at tidying some of that stuff up, although we were moving around at points, but it just seemed to be errors at key moments or poor finishes to sets at key moments or penalties at key moments in the game. Um, so, I mean, you know, yeah, there's a lot of negatives in there and it's very easy to point the finger and, and be doom and gloom about it all, but... When, when you sit back and watch it, it's nothing that can't be fixed. Um, and it's those little individual errors or those little individual penalties. And those are things that we can work on. It's not a massive problem. It's not as though I'm looking at it and thinking, oh my goodness, we've got um, some structural issues in terms of our attacks, some structural issues in, step, in terms of our defence. It's not that at all. It just comes down to the basic catching the ball and basics of, um, you know, given away silly penalties at the wrong times. So just a little bit more smartness is what's needed, I think. From your point of view, um, another try that brings you as our joint top try scorer this season. Are you enjoying being among the points? <laughs> I mean, it's always nice to get over the whitewash, but I'd, I'd trade all those four tries any day for the win yesterday. So um, it, it's, it's nice to get over the whitewash, like I said, but it's not the most important thing for me. The most important thing is uh, the, the team performing, the team picking up results. Uh, unfortunately, we're able, we weren't able to do that yesterday. But moving forward, um, we need to find a way to find that level of consistency. We can't be um, up one week um, playing playing our best rugby and then down the next week playing possibly some of our worst rugby. So we need to find a level of consistency. Otherwise, 
um, it's going to be a very difficult task for us to, to reach the playoffs this season. The games are coming thick and fast. And I, I guess just to round off this interview, we're going into a stretch of four back-to-back home games now. And despite the weekend's result, you know, looking at the table, there's three teams at the top and then there's, I think, six or seven teams who are all on the same record. So there's still massive opportunity to get in those playoff spots. How important are these four home games coming up for the Bears in, in terms of, I guess, defining the course of this season, given that it's such a short, sharp season as well? Yeah, they're really important. Any home game is really important. Um, you know, we've already slipped up twice at home um, and... We can't let that happen again. We need to make sure that in these next four games, we're picking up points because um, it's always easier to win at home than it is to to win away from home. So, yeah, it's going to be absolutely crucial uh, in terms of defining our season. So it's a big four weeks that's coming forward and it's some tough opposition that we're up against. So we really need to fix up the things that we've been doing wrong and we need to make sure that we put a best foot forward and bring a re- A game. Otherwise, we could be in a little bit of trouble. But as you said, it's a bit of a strange league this season. It's short and everybody seems to be beating everyone. So that's kind of worked in our favour and kept us in the mix. Um, so we just need to make sure that um, we recognise the position that we're in and we realise that it's still possible to achieve something special this season as a group um, and we can't be too doom and gloom about it. The great thing about the game is that we can put this behind us this week and we can look forward to next week to try and right those wrongs. Great stuff. Well, good luck going into that run of home games, Dave. And thanks as ever for um, for giving up your time to join us on the podcast and we'll, we'll see you at the butts on Sunday. No worries, Dave. A pleasure as always. And I look forward to seeing you on Sunday. So thanks to both Dave and Rich before him for for offering their thoughts post-match from a a tough game on Sunday. And Craig, I mean, the result and the performance were obviously not ideal. And I don't plan on spending too much time getting too doom and gloom about it because there's not really much point. It's it's been done. And from the sounds of what the coaches are saying, that they've already identified what they need to work on and they have been able to take some positives from it. I mean, from my point of view, we just never looked likely to win pretty much from, from the kickoff that there was just, there just something that wasn't there for the bears on Sunday. Anyway, it it was a, it was a tough day. Um, How how did you see it? Yeah. So I think, I mean, this is a condensed season, isn't it? You're you're playing week in, week out. And and normally probably by this stage, there would have been a week off um, somewhere or or even like last season. I think there was a two week uh, gap after about three games. So, they would have had uh, a break normally. Um, they did just look flat, but I think it's one of those where you can possibly dig in and, and get a performance out of somewhere um, if you're still in the game. But when you're not really in the game, then it's very, very difficult. And and to be honest, Crusaders were excellent, I thought. Really, really good. Um, you know, their pack mixed it. Uh, their backs have always been good, particularly their back three always been very very good so they played really really well um i think the first 20 was a bit of a disaster it was um there was lots of errors on behalf of the bears um you know gifted them possession quite a lot but the second 20 was good and actually we put them under a lot of pressure could have potentially scored one maybe two tries 
And then we conceded just before half time, which I think killed the game by that stage. Although it was only 16 points, and and that you know that's doable. You can come back in those in that sort of scenario. But had we gone in 12-6 or even 12-10 down at half time, we, then I think the lads would have been um, had a, would have given it a really good go in the second half. But it it didn't really. Although we had lots of possession and we put them under lots of pressure in the second half, they just looked more clinical when they had the ball, when they got near the line. Um, Bears definitely threatened quite a lot, didn't we? But um, just couldn't do it. There was just that missing missing spark that was there the week before against Rochdale. And maybe that's just, maybe it was tiredness. It, sometimes you just can't, you know, put your finger on what why it was, but they just never really got going. And, and, uh, as I said, Crusaders were massively up for the game and, and and they took full advantage. The other thing as well is that the Bears made silly mistakes or give give away silly penalties at the, exactly the wrong time. So just when you're getting field position, give it, dropping the ball, giving it away, dropping the ball near your own line, that just gifts the ball back to the opposition and they took full advantage pretty much every time that happened. Um but saying that, I mean, I think it's, I think it was as much about the expectation. Um, certainly, I had an expectation if we could play like we did against Rochdale, then we'd give them a good game and and, and probably come away with the win. But it just wasn't meant to be, and I think that's where the, a lot of the disappointment comes from. If you if you see look through that, there was some good patches of play. Um, certainly, the pack. Drove the ball forward quite well at times. Um, Peter Ryan, I thought, played played really well. Um, you know, other players definitely kept the ball moving forward. Um, you know, didn't give an inch when they were pushed. You know, driving forward, um, they found it tough to defend against. But they did defend really well, though. Um, you know, they got back back ten and they they set their line and they went the game. So, yeah, one of those days where it just didn't quite work. Um, Certainly not, you know, certainly probably a closer game than the scoreline suggests, but it was one of those days where just nothing seemed to go right. And, and um, as I said, full credit to Crusaders for the win. They, they did very, very well. I think they'll, they'll probably would be looking to, to kick on from here now after, I think they lost three on the bounce after a good opening day win. So they'll give plenty of teams problems, I think, and especially at home. Yeah, yeah, especially as they're going to be welcoming fans back from from the next game as well, which is, is massive for them. So congratulations on that. And yeah, I think I think you've covered everything. I I would include in there, Craig. It just just one of those days. Learn from it what you can, and then forget about it. Because as we've talked about this before, this season is is so thick and fast. There's no time to to dawdle on a on a disappointing performance. Um, I think obviously we'll we'll be paying close attention to the squad announcement later this week because as as um, Rich hinted, it looks like we might be without Kieran Sherrett. It sounds like he's um, picked up a, a potentially disruptive injury. Um, and a couple of other players there on the watch list as well. And, you know, by nature of how the season is, we, we will probably expect some changes as well. But it'll be interesting to see uh, who makes the cut and, and who is perhaps on the sideline injured for this weekend's game. Um, one thing I did want to to throw in following Sunday's game is, Obviously, it's disappointing to have to talk about uh, a defeat. But when you look at the the table for League One, I was before we sat down to record, Craig. I was just wrapping up my my League One column for Forty Twenty Magazine this month, and 
you know, you've got Barrow at the top who are unbeaten. You've got West Wales at the bottom who haven't won yet. And then there's Workington and Doncaster, I think, have only lost one each. And then the remaining six teams have all got the same win-loss record. Yeah. So in terms of... Yeah, in terms of performance, this in terms of win-loss ratio, we have identical records to Scholars, Crusaders, Rochdale, Hunslet, and Keithley. I think that's everybody. Um, it's crazy, isn't it? Like considering the top six are going to be involved in the playoffs, you know, there's this this there's still two-thirds of the season to go. So obviously there's a long way to go. And it's there's still a massive opportunity to do something special this season, isn't there? And, and it feels like both of the coaches touched on it. It feels like these four home games coming up are, are, are massive for the Bears season. Yeah, definitely. I think um, I think we're, we're definitely still in with the show. I think um, Barrow do look strong, I have to say. They look like they might, um, they're going to be the team to beat. But um, yeah, Doncaster and Workington do look strong. We'll, we'll see this weekend how strong Workington are and hopefully we can put in a good performance and, and, and give them um, a good game and get get the result that we want from that. But certainly everyone else looks like they can beat each other. And I think uh, playing week in, week out, uh, teams will struggle certainly with consistency, particularly as teams are starting to get hit with injuries now. Um, Bears, obviously, we, we've picked up some injuries. Other teams that have picked up injuries as well, and there's obviously suspensions and things like that that come into play. So it's, I think it's wide open and, and you never know. Anyone puts a good run together, they're, you know, they're pretty much guaranteed to be in the playoffs. I think if they, if they, if they win a few games on the bounce, um, I would say some sort of records, you know, it, if you win almost half your games, then I think you've got a chance at the playoffs. Definitely, definitely. So all the more reason, as we were saying at the top of the show, to get down to the butts as often as you can these next four weeks, that the guys really do need you. And as Rich was saying in his, in his interview, you do make a difference. That that raw, and even giving the giving guys stick if they concede some tries, it does make a difference. So uh, do get over to the Bears website, pick up your tickets for this weekend's game and, uh, and then come down for the others as well. Um, forget that that major European football championship that might just happen to be happening at the same time. You don't need to, to watch that. Come down to the Bears and uh, get some rugby league in your summer. Right. We're going to change track completely now and um, and really bring you a really positive story um, and something that will, that will make anyone with any kind of affection for the Bears or rugby league in this region feel all kinds of warm and fuzzy inside. Um, so the Bears community work, has got up and running this year and has been doing some quite incredible things. Literally hundreds of people are playing rugby league across Coventry, Warwickshire and the Midlands. Um, it's a terrific, a terrific tale of, of, of what, what the club really brings to the region and what it's doing for the sport. Um, and yeah, I'm just really happy to say that we were able to, to catch up with Bears CEO, Debbie Watson, to hear all about it. And um, this is what she had to say. So Debbie, welcome back to the podcast. It's great to have you have you back here. Um, and we've got lots of exciting community stuff to talk about. But I guess before we jump into that, just just quickly, obviously you've been deeply involved in in sort of reopening the the club for fans to come back for the last couple of home games. How nice has it been to to be welcoming people through the gates for those matches the last few weeks? Yeah, it's it's been far too long without fans. Um, we were quite fortunate in some ways that we only had to have one game that was behind closed doors. 
Um, so we we have welcomed back fans for two uh, games now, which has been brilliant. Um, it's great to have the atmosphere. It's great to see all those familiar faces who, you know, during lockdown we haven't seen for such a long time. And it's obviously great to have their voices back behind and supporting the team. We've um, implemented a new ticketing system um, with future ticketing, whereby everyone who comes to the game has to book in advance. So the season ticket holders have got their allocated seats and then obviously anyone else who comes to the game has to buy a ticket online. And it's gone really smoothly, actually. Everyone's um, really up for it. We've had lots of ticket sales in advance. We've had no issues at all. And it's great to have, you know, all that accurate detail of who's in the ground, where they've been sitting for obviously COVID reasons. But it's also great to welcome the home and the away fans back to the Butts Park Arena. It makes such a difference. Yeah, definitely. And I think a lot of credit has to go to you and, and the rest of the club for, for getting that process in place and, and making it such a smooth experience. It's been, you know, it has been been really well done. And I know I know everyone's just been really excited to get back and it it, it feels as normal as it can do. So so thank you for all your efforts on that. But um, we're here to talk community stuff mainly because obviously it's been a busy time of year. The season has started for the for the men's first team, but there's been lots of good stuff going on in schools and with new satellite clubs and things and um it just felt like a good opportunity to, to chat about that because we've got the, the stuff happening throughout june as well so i guess let's start with the schools program i know alan and kieran sherrett have been quite busy introducing the the, the greatest game to, to lots of school kids in the area so just just talk talk to us a little bit about what's gone on there first yeah, they have. So we started um, our schools programme um, just at the beginning of this term, sort of Easter. Um, I put out um, a call via the school games officers to say, would any schools like some rugby league coaching? And I'm absolutely delighted to say that, you know, loads of schools got on board and really wanted the rugby league coaching to take place within their school. So as you say, um, I put Alan and uh, Kieran Sherrett in charge of it and they were literally in schools every morning, every afternoon, some after school clubs as well. Um, so they've delivered PE lessons in school um, curriculum time to over 900 children alone just in Coventry within the last four or five weeks. Um, and yeah, so they've, they've for many of those children, they may not have even heard of rugby league before, but certainly wouldn't have had the opportunity to play it. So they've gone into the schools and delivered it with at least two, sometimes three or four PE lessons over a period of weeks within the schools. Um, and then obviously talk to them about the exit route, which is to come to our new satellite clubs. And again, the transition has been absolutely fantastic. We've had loads of kids coming to our new satellite clubs going hi my name's so-and-so and I'm from such and such school I know Kieran I know Alan so it's lovely to see them coming along with their parents and enjoying rugby league as their new sport for the summer yeah and and that's a perfect segue into into talking about the satellite clubs in a bit more detail and we've we've covered it on the podcast earlier in the season those three clubs that are going to be helped form a a real legacy to the world cup because that's where where the funding has come from the, the world cup legacy um um pot of cash but but those those clubs are up and running now and and anyone who's been paying attention on social media will see again lots of smiling young faces playing rugby league and, and lots of teams being created how, how pleased are you with with how those clubs have got up and running 
Oh, I'm just, I'm so pleased. Obviously, it's a, a project that we we worked on before lockdown happened. Um, so it was, you know, planned to start earlier, but obviously uh, a certain uh, pandemic got in the way. But we've done lots and lots of planning and preparation in advance. Um, and, you know, as when, when you start anything new for the first time, there's a lot of apprehension, a lot of planning, like I say, that's gone on in advance. And then a bit of worry, are we going to meet our targets, our kids going to want to come and play rugby league am I going to have good facilities and enough coaches um honestly I, I you know it couldn't have gone any better it's been largely helped from the school program and then obviously um, some of our players and fans and try to have rugby uh, players as well have brought their kids along and you know it, from all respects we've absolutely smashed our targets it's, it's bigger and better than we ever could have imagined so we're just um, on week five now um, and we've got over 220 players have registered for across the three satellite clubs. We've got more than 30 coaches, um, largely volunteer coaches who uh, may have been interested in rugby league before or maybe brand new to rugby league. And of course, we've got um, a good handful of our first team players who are coaches as well, um, all involved in setting up and running these satellite clubs. So we've got the Erdington Griffins. They train on, I think, Tuesday or Wednesday and a Saturday at different age groups. We've got the uh, Trinity Knights. Uh, they play at Finham Park School at the Trinity Hill venue there. And that's on Thursday nights. And then we've got the Alphas on a Friday night at uh, the place at Warwick University. And the Alphas is literally, you know, bursting at the seams. We've got absolutely loads of players there at all the age groups more age groups we even had originally advertised we've got the players and the parents coming along to support those so it's absolutely brilliant it's fantastic now that the son has decided to make an appearance so each evening with all the youngsters training and playing games in the next couple of weeks we've got a few games organized and then we'll have a, a, a festival hosted in Coventry and it's just wonderful to see people. It's wonderful to see smiling faces and more importantly, to see youngsters getting involved and in playing rugby league, as I say, many for the first time and all really enjoying their activity so far. It's fantastic. Really, really pleased with everything. There's, there's so much positivity from that. And I know one of the things we've talked about previously with, with this project is, you know, it's taking it beyond just getting kids with a ball in their hand, which is an amazing start. But to actually have it set up so you've got fixtures for those kids to play, because you know the ones who are really into it, they don't they don't just want to stick with training, do they? they? They want to have a hit out against another team, and they want to see how they get on. So having having that structure in place now, where you're going to have fixtures running throughout June, and this festival, which I'm definitely keen to hear more about in a moment, um, that sounds really exciting as well. But that feels like it's going to make a real difference to these clubs. It's taking it it's taking it so far beyond just just a bit of training just something fun to do in the summer isn't it it really does take it take it up a level absolutely dave i mean as as you say i mean we've had juniors for many years at coventry bears and and each year it has grown not as uh, you know exponentially as it has this time which is fantastic but they've we've had a lack of playing opportunities so we've often had lots of juniors who come to us and want to train with us in the summer but they haven't really had the opportunities to play so where the, that's the idea behind this project. It's where we um, bid for the funding from the from the Rugby League World Cup 
um, the legacy funding was to sort of manufacture our own opposition. So that's what we've done. We've created these three new clubs. We've manufactured the opportunities for them to play against each other. And next Friday um, will be that first opportunity. So I'm really excited to see that. We've got all the brand new kit and equipment, the new players, the new coaches and volunteers. So it'd be great to actually see them playing a fixture against, against each other. And then wider to that, across the Midlands, you know, the word is getting out that Coventry um, have actually got these three new satellite clubs and that there's lots of juniors playing there. And I'm getting contacted by the Midlands club saying, well, can we come and play against you? We've got kids at this age group, etc. And that's why we're in the fortunate position that we are going to be the first junior festival in the Midlands. So the first out of lockdown and the first for the 2021 season. So that's really exciting. All arrangements are still in progress for that, but it will be taking place on the 27th of June. So in just a few weeks time. And we're hoping to welcome up to 500 juniors registered across the Midlands to our Coventry venue to have even more opportunities for them to play games against each other. I mean, that's amazing. Not not only to, to bring the sport together in the region, but but to really, I guess, having it in Coventry and the ties to the Bears as well, it's it's a really easy way to demonstrate to players that there is a pathway in this sport, isn't there? And there is a there is a, a professional team at the top of the the pyramid in this region, and that they're embedded in in the sport at all levels as well. So, I mean that that sounds that sounds incredibly exciting, and and um. Yeah, I mean, again, massive congratulations. It, it it feels like it doesn't feel like that long ago that we were just getting excited about the prospect of these clubs launching, and to think that so quickly you've got fixtures set up and you've got that many kids coming. It's um, it's it's truly amazing. And it, it's it's not just kids as well, Dave. We've obviously got our tri tag rugby um sort of branch of our business as well. Um, that's related to Coventry Bears and we've got nearly 400 adults who play every single week um, across Coventry and Warwickshire so we've got our, our Coventry League and we've got one in Leamington Spa and then recently just started one in Stratford-upon-Avon so we literally have got as you say right down from you know from the very top of the professional um, you know League One club right down to the social aspect for adults to play tri-tag rugby on a weekly basis in a league structure and we've got a festival coming up on the uh, 10th of July. It's going to be in Leamington based on that, where we're going to um, offer the, a festival format for teams, tri-tag rugby teams from across the country to come to Leamington Spa to play throughout the day where there'll be lots of prizes and opportunities and a big social event afterwards. And then right down to our juniors and our in-school activities. We really have got something for everyone, which is I suppose it's one of the things that we've always tried to work on at Coventry Bears is being inclusive and having an opportunity for everybody. It's not just about the professional team. It's about being embedded in our local community. And we have always done that. And I'm just, as I said, just really delighted that everything seems to be going well. Post lockdown, lots of people wanting to get fit, lots of people wanting to socialise, whether it's kids or adults. And I'm you know, really glad to say that we've got opportunities for everyone and it's all grown really well for us yeah it's amazing and and who knows i mean those those first fixtures that are that are going to be happening um you know a couple of days after this podcast goes out 
who knows, in 10 years' time, we could look back at the lineups for those fixture lists and there could be a couple of Bears regulars in those teams and that that would be that would be absolutely incredible as well. Wonderful, wouldn't it? Yeah. If, if anybody listening to this has, has perhaps perhaps missed earlier news about it or is just thinking that that sounds fantastic, I'd love to be involved either on the, the tri-tag side or the volunteering side or for their kids, like, it, what, what action can they take at this point? Yeah, of course. So that, as I say, there's always opportunities so all the information about the juniors is on the Comshares website. Um, if you click on the, the page that's called Juniors, all the information about how you can register your child to play and where the uh, three satellite clubs are based when they train, that's all on there. Um, and obviously our TriTag Rugby is on our TriTag Rugby website. So again, if you Google TriTag Rugby, you'll find Coventry and Warwickshire TriTag Rugby on there. Um, and we've got leagues that start in just about another four weeks time and we have some free taster sessions so anyone can come along um, it's for adults over the age of 16 can come along and try out for free um, see if it is a sport that they want to get involved with and, can, and uh, join a team or form their own team um, and become a part of it so yeah I mean as with most things I think it all the information is online now, um, but of course, people can contact myself or Alan um, directly about any of those things if they want to get involved. Perfect. And of course, there's a run of four home games for the first team coming up as well. So yeah, it's exciting, isn't get it? your tickets, come along to those, see, see it at the top level for the Midlands and then get involved further down. Debbie, that it's, it's so great to chat to you and so great to talk so much positivity as well. Um, best to look for the fixtures and we'll perhaps check in again at the end of the month and see how the festival went on and see if uh, see if there are any reports of, I don't know, the next Hayden Freeman or the next Kieran Sherrett running around on those fields. And um, yeah, we can continue to get excited about it as we build towards the World Cup. But thank you so much for joining us. It's been a pleasure having you. Great stuff. Thank you, Dave. So Craig, I mean, that that is a terrific interview um and just picking out some of those numbers i mean debbie said said it herself bigger and better than she ever imagined and if we just pick out some of those numbers 900 kids across coventry who've had pe lessons from alan and kieran playing rugby league that's just since easter more than 220 players registered for the satellite clubs more than 30 coaches a lot of them volunteers for those satellite clubs assuming assuming um restrictions allow it a festival for juniors at the end of the month for 500 kids from playing who are playing rugby league in the midlands and then you've got 400 adults playing tri-tag every single week i mean it's just fantastic isn't it yeah um i mean the junior stuff this year is, has been phenomenal after after sort of running out of momentum a little bit last year due to covid uh, I mean, we've always had a good turnout for for the juniors, but I think the main difference this year is the is is the organisation. First of all, the reaching out to, to schools and doing work with them. Secondly, ha- setting up satellite clubs and getting players registered with them. It it gives the gives those kids an opportunity to play regular rugby, and the turnout has been phenomenal, uh, even better than expected for those. Um, and also, I mean, tag rugby has taken off massively. Um, you know, when, I think you came along in the, in the first season that we started. I think there was, what, four to six teams. It was maybe 30 or 40 people playing. Um, now 400 people. And, you know, I went up to 
the, the Coventry League is in the War Memorial in War Memorial Park. Walking up to that yesterday, seeing three pitches full of people playing rugby, um, hearing rugby league shouts, um, you know, last tackle, um, play your sets, all that sort of stuff, and watching people roll the ball back and and, and playing. It's just fantastic and you know, brilliant to be involved in as well for someone like me who, you know, let's face it, there's no chance of me playing contact anymore. Uh, you know, it's just brilliant. It's it's a great opportunity and it's great that the club is involved in that too. And, you know, it's it's all coming together nicely and there's a real opportunity here um, to lay a real big footprint down in, in, in Coventry, Warwickshire and the rest of the Midlands. That's and that we're only talking now about what the Bears are doing. There's other clubs across the Midlands all doing this too. So it's um, you know, there's a real opportunity here after you know, the Midlands was, you know, a real growth area quite a few years ago and then took probably a couple of backward steps. Um, the Midlands Academy went, but since then it's it, you know, things are really developing again in the Midlands and it's it's really good news. Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, we've, we've, we've seen, we've seen that it can work. I mean, the Bears record try scorer, Hayden Freeman, he, he is a, he is a product of, of coming through that system. Um, you know, we've, we've, we've seen other players who have, have played for the Bears and, and gone on to climb up the ladder and just, just positioning the Bears at the top of that pyramid for, for Midlands Rugby League and showcasing that there really is a pathway. I mean, I think I mentioned it in the interview with, with Debbie, but you know, if we're still doing this podcast in 10 years time, we we might be talking about players who started playing rugby league this summer and and have been part of the satellite clubs and have taken part in this, this festival, this first ever Midlands festival. I think it's just, it's such credit to everyone involved in it. And it really does show that there is an appetite for the sport in, in an area of the country that isn't anywhere near the M62, isn't there? It's, it's just, it's so refreshing. And so, I know just it just feels it it feels like on the pitch this this season the the team are making real progress and there's a there's a there's a, a solid squad there and there's there's lots of exciting things happening but in the community as well it's it's being backed up and it's it's just exciting to be involved with the best this year isn't it i mean i can i can tell you that kids in particular love playing rugby league um you know there's less about it plays their strengths they get to pick up a ball and they run it in and they, they get to make tackles uh, at a younger age in rugby league. You know, it develops their skills. You know, they get, they just get so much out of it. And when we get kids playing rugby league from a young age and following the pathway through to get ultimately into the Bears first team, then those players will come through to the Bears first team having played for a number of years. And, and that's what you need. It's very difficult to convert someone to be a rugby league player late on. Um, you know, they can play obviously at, at lower levels, but going into League One as an inexperienced rug, rugby league player is difficult. It's a real challenge for a lot of people. So the younger we get people coming through, uh, playing the game, and the more kids playing the game, the better. Um, it, it's really, really good. And that the outreach with primary schools, as I said, is, has been absolutely phenomenal. Um, you know, the Bears have done stuff like that before um, and have been doing it for a number of years, but I don't think we've ever done it on that sort of scale. You know, um, I know that Al and Kieran were doing it for weeks on end 
um, going to various different schools. And again, the feedback has been absolutely fantastic. The kids loved it. The schools were really pleased with how it went. So it's really, really positive. Yeah, really, really good stuff. And uh, we'll look forward to um, to catching up with Debbie more throughout this season to find out how the festival went and um, and hear more about the the emerging satellite clubs as they play their first games. I think I think Debbie said in the interview their first competitive matches are actually Friday of this week as as you listen to this podcast. Um, so yeah, that's that's another another milestone achieved for those clubs. And uh, yeah, really, really great stuff. Well, that feels my festival as well coming up. Um, yes, on the, the 10th, of, 10th of July, I think. Yeah, so again, it's all stuff of bringing people through playing rugby league, getting them involved in the sport, making them aware of the sport and how widely it is played and everything else. It's, it's, it's just, um, as I said, it's just brilliant. So um, really, I'm, I'm really happy with the progress that's been made. Um, in the Midlands this year, definitely. Yeah, well, that feels like a perfect positive on which to to end this week's podcast. So uh, thanks as always for listening. Um, do go and check out the Bears website if you want more information about those satellite clubs. And of course, pick up your tickets. I know we've mentioned it a lot, but pick up your tickets. Come and cheer the boys on against Workington this Sunday and then do it again for the next three weeks. We will be there and we will bring you all of the reaction next week on the podcast. But uh, until then, take care. And uh, Craig, thanks as always for your contribution.